Welcome, welcome, welcome to Let's Get Lit, the book club podcast with a twist. Part Woo! two, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. I got all of it out of my system now. That was perfect. I you can like do the rest of the podcast by yourself. I was just going to say, I feel like our job is done here. You've already said everything that there is to be said, except what we're drinking. This week, we are drinking a Singapore sling. Whoa, where'd you get that idea from? Well, so we finally read the book this week. Yes, we did. We are book readers. That we are, yeah. And finished the book, and it's based in Singapore, mm-hmm. primarily. Mm-hmm. And I figured, let's Google a drink about Singapore. Well, so also, not to give spoilers away, but they drink this drink at the very end of the book. They and do. they make a big to-do about it, where it's like, oh, but this is such a touristy drink. And then people are like, don't knock it till you've tried it. And then they have, like, a two-page debate over where you can get the best Singapore slinger. And I vote you can get the best one right here with Brandy. I do make a mean sling. That You do. So the Singapore sling is a cocktail. It's made with gin, mostly, and it's from Singapore. Um, it's a touristy drink now, but it is a tall drink, so it's made in a tall a Collins glass or like uh-huh. a tall like, rocks glass. And it was developed apparently sometime like in the early 1900s, before 1915-ish, by... Pre-World War One. Yes. Yeah. When what? I was going to say when British soldiers were allocated their champagne. champagne. <laughs> it all true. comes full circle. It does. So um, I'm going to butcher every word that I'm about to say. I can't wait. So there was a Hyannese bartender working at the long bar at the Raffles Hotel in Singapore whose name was Niem Tong Boon. Um, and he invented the Singapore Sling. And the Singapore Sling it was, it's a, like I said, a gin cocktail, but sling actually comes from the German word which I will butcher again, schlingen, <laughs> right? Sounds like schlong. Don't, oh God, Schl- schlingen, um, which <laughs> to your point means to swallow. <laughs> oh, burn. What? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it refers to spirits diluted with water or soda. So this is actually an extremely complicated cocktail to make. Yeah, I like that. I'm looking at the directions that Brandy has listed here, and it's down to the one and a half tablespoons of everything. I'm going to go ahead and say this is like a bullshit cocktail to actually make, but there's a fun story about that too. So it was made, um, how you make this is um, a couple tablespoons of pineapple juice, couple tablespoons of gin, which is not enough, um, (laughs) one tablespoon of lime juice, Another few teaspoons of orange liqueur. Um, I used Grand Marnier, but I guess there's other ones that exist that you could use. Like any orange liqueur? Yeah. but Could you are, use, like, triple sec? Probably. It's, But, you know, it's probably, like, the difference between, like, a Cadillac margarita and just, gotcha. like, a margarita. It's like, I don't know if there's really a difference. But it's an orange liqueur. And then you're supposed to use a cherry liqueur. Um, this is hearing cherry liqueur, which actually what I wanted to use and I couldn't find were um, brandied cherries, like in a in a just bottle. And then you always got to be about you. I know, and you can actually like pour the juice from them in, and it's brandy juice. It's really good. And I then, didn't even know cherry liqueur was a thing, so I'm just oh, impressed really? you had one. Well, I bought it. I was going to say, you have a pretty robust bar for some I'm, of the cocktails we've come up with. I'm going to say, before we started this podcast, my drinks of choice were like LaCroix mixed with vodka or wine. 
Sounds about right. Because My drinks of choice were LaCroix mixed with tequila or wine. Mm-hmm. We've really branched out. Mostly because those are the things that I like always have. I'm like, exactly. I have a handle of Tito's and various flavored LaCroix. And I'm like, oh, this week I'm going to have coconut LaCroix and vodka. Uh, so fancy. Actually, it's like being at the beach. I used to really like um, white rum. Ooh. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. Is your mom texting me again? Probably. She wouldn't text me. She would only ever text you. But, yeah, I feel like we've been trying some really fun cocktails. And I'm into it. This one is delicious. I definitely taste the pineapple. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Oh, gross. Anyway, the other things that are in this um, are an herbal liqueur. So I'm not exactly sure what that's supposed to be. But this is an elderflower liqueur. Um... And so I just put it in there, too. <coughs> Are you allergic to my elderflower? Mm-hmm. Um, this also has uh, regular bitters, but the formal recipe calls for peach vanilla bitters, which, like... Very specific. Who the fuck knows what that is, anyway? <laughs> um, I don't... And there is, actually, so... There's a, a liqueur shop that has a whole bunch of really fancy, fun things that I only have gone into one time specifically for this to get an elderflower liqueur. Yep. And I should have asked them if they had a peach vanilla bitters, but... They probably would have. Oh, they would have. It's one of those way hipster places Ugh. where they, like, wave a sprig of rosemary over your drink, and they're like, wave, 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 wave. Now it has essence. It has rosemary air on it. And oh, I'm like, yeah. Well, oh. if you order that essence of anything, they gotta give it to you. I know. But I would say what bartender wouldn't murder you for ordering this drink. It's so complicated. Well, so here's the thing. I guess what happened was this original cocktail was complicated as fuck. As it sounds. It is. Yeah. I mean, making this for you was like a labor of love. Well, it was well worth it. And I, I made these, I made these like by hand for this first batch, but for the next batch, I'm pretty much just going to be like, here's some gin and pineapple juice. And like, if you want to put other stuff in it, go for it. Um, but so that's pretty much what happened, right? So this cocktail was a huge pain in the ass to make. And basically by the eighties, it was like gin, sweet and sour and like grenadine. And they were like gin and juice. You might say, yeah, with grenadine. And they were like, here you go. This is a Singapore sling. And then with the resurgence of like the hipster cocktail, artisanal movement of, you know, putting smoked rosemary essence leaves over the top. This has like become a thing again. And so the Singapore sling is now actually like a nice artisanal cocktail. It's pretty good. It's sweet, but it's pretty good. It's sweet. It's pretty good. I will say I won't make you make me another. Not that it's not good, but it took you like 45 minutes just to make these. And I was real thirsty watching. Well, I feel like the... Um, it's a good way to limit your alcohol exactly. intake. The alcohol to effort ratio on this is more than I prefer if I'm making my own drinks. Like I said, LaCroix with a good little <laughs> liqueur is right up my alley. But before you interrupted me, I was going to say that I used to really like to drink white rum with LaCroix, especially. Like coconut? Coconut LaCroix and rum is like really delicious together. It sounds like a diet pina colada. You know what else might be like a diet pina colada? Is Malibu and coconut LaCroix. I bet you that's really delicious. I think you should give it a try and we should find a book that works. Yeah, for the next tropical themed book that we're gonna do, we should do that. Actually, I don't think we've really done many tropical books. Well, this is kind of tropical, but 
We do have, well, we have a surprise for you at the end of the podcast. Oh my god, don't give it away, I'm even not though this give it is away. a spoiler episode. This but. is a spoiler episode. So anyway, that's pretty much all I know about the Singapore sling. Other than I'm drinking it right now, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good, make. and I hate gin, so the fact that really? I am enjoying this is a good sign because it means that it fully masks the gin with all the Singapore slang. Well, I think I think you mix all like the the cherry and the pineapple and all the fruits and stuff, but it does have elderflower liqueur in it, which is could gin. be a gin. I almost said a game changer. A gin changer. Yep. A so, gin game changer. Um, now that we're now that we're getting sufficiently lit. Um, so, did you watch the movie yet? No, I read the book. I did half my homework. I watched the movie. You did. I did. Well, feel free to spoil it because I was supposed to have watched it. Well, no, I think it's good because I watched I watched the movie um, after I read the book, and because this book was like easy peasy lemon squeezy to get through, it took me like two days. You know what's funny? I read. Well, first of all, did you read it or did you listen to it? I actually read this one. Okay, so I did the audiobook. um, And I feel like that's an important distinction because I wonder if these things impact how we like the book. So I, at first, was really into it and was like, this is an easy listen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I probably got through, like, two-thirds of it in a day. And Mm -hmm. then I stopped reading slash listening to it until last night because I knew we were recording today. Because... It started strong for me where I was like, oh my god, this is nuts and crazy and scandal. And then at a certain point I was like, this is so stupid and I don't care to finish this. Like, I probably would have stopped reading it if we didn't have this because I was like, I honestly don't care what happens. I don't like any of these characters. Yeah, I will say that unlike what usually happens, I actually like the movie better than I like the book. Really? Yeah. I so did. I should still watch the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that was kind of why I gave up on it was because I was like, ugh, I don't want to suffer through this again. I mean, there's just a lot we can talk about about this generally speaking. You have so many notifications uh, happening really in your popular. life. really popular. Um, but I feel like the, the, the movie gave the characters more dimension than the book did. In the book... I just didn't I had written on here one-dimensional characters, so that is exciting to hear. Yeah, I mean, I guess we if you haven't seen the movie, you don't have to talk about it too much, but I feel like the movie was also really beautiful. Like, all of the things that were extravagant and luxe, and it was just cool to see how they manifested it in the yeah. movie. And then also I just feel like they made the characters not necessarily more likable, but they just had more personality you know what I mean I feel like in the book Rachel's character I was like okay you're like a professor and you're just cool you know you don't want to make a big deal about things well and Nick who is supposed to be like Prince Charming I'm just like you don't have a personality you're just someone who is so Hot. hot and educated and nice and I don't actually tell my girlfriend anything and then yeah. I'm just supposed to swoon all over you, even though he's like, I don't see anything weird about my upbringing. Dude, you've been in New York for a while. Yeah. Like, you have a sense that this is a little bit abnormal. Yes, At exactly. least compared to what your girlfriend is used to. Yeah, and he's in academia, so I feel like he's he's been taught to like pay attention to stuff. Yeah. Well, and then, okay. Also, I just feel like there was several points in the book, and I don't know if we want to get into this right now, but where Rachel was just introduced to all these like super bitchy girls yes and she was like oh i'm just not gonna tell my boyfriend about this like are you 
Are you kidding me? If I went home to visit my boyfriend and one of his girls was like, like one of his friends was like, oh, well, like when we had that threesome, he went down on me for hours. Does he still like to do that to you? Yeah. I'd be like, um, bitch. <laughs> or like you go on this girl's weekend with them, which also, by the way, I love that they show up. And then he's like, so now we are going to go on separate trips. Yes. Like, first thing. I'm like. Such bullshit. I'd be like, how about we don't? Like, yeah. if you got to go on your bachelor's trip, sure, I'll hang out with my friend that already yeah, lives here. Exactly. But yeah, so she goes on the bachelorette trip um, with the bride-to-be, who is, uh, what's her name? Aramento. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Something like um, that. Who is supposedly kind of cool, but, like, a lot of the gals on the trip really resent Rachel and the fact that she's marrying Nick. Well, and so she's they, not really marrying him yet. Well, you're dating. right. But they are concerned that they might be getting yeah, married true. in the future because he brought her here. And they, like, basically ransack her hotel room and, like, kill the fish in her room as, like, a threat. And I'm like, mmm, overreaction much. And then... Rachel is like, I gotta tell hotel security and, like, call these bitches out. But, like, the one nice person that's on the trip with her is like, wouldn't that just be playing into their hand, though? And I was like, um, no, not really. I feel like calling this out is the right thing to do. If you see something, say something. And those poor fish. Also, like, wouldn't you leave the hotel and have them be like, we're upset with you over this fish situation? Yeah, I mean, well, I think that the one lady who was having the trip, like, her mom owned the hotel. Oh, so they wouldn't care. Yeah, I think, like, that was part of the deal. Justice for the fish! But, I mean, at the very least, I would be like, you fuck this bullshit, I'm leaving. Like, this is, like, yes, I'm playing into your, like, if you pretend, like, that doesn't affect you, like, everyone knows you're lying. Because nobody's not going to be affected. Yeah, like, you're acting, like... It's almost like, yeah, I am here. I am only after this guy's money because I'm willing to put up with all of this for him. Exactly. Like, that, it just was very bizarre. I didn't understand why. She was just kind of, like, also the ultimate, like, cool girl where she's like, I'm really hot and I drink beer and I eat all of this food and, like, I'm hella nice even though, like, all girls hate me and just want to take me down. Like, it was... Ugh, I didn't like that. I never liked that in books, even though that's like a common theme in Chicklet. For sure. Yeah, but it just, I thought it was super lame and it, it didn't make sense for her where I felt like if she's really this like oh. cool laid back person, she would have reacted to these situations differently because she got really upset and then was just like, oh, I don't want to tell Nick and bum him out. Yeah, she seemed like a weak woman. But also, I feel like as someone who tried really hard to be the cool girl for a long time in life, where I was like... Is that how you would have reacted to these situations in your cool cool girl methodology? No. And I will tell you a funny story about this. So there was this... Oh, I don't know if this is too private, but... Tell it. So there... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change some times and dates here. But there was this person that I was dating, and when we all went on a trip together, there was, like, some girls that we met up with that were, like, friends of his, and... Um, they, like, we were all in a bathroom together, like, at this, like, nightclub, and we were in the bathroom, and she was basically like, um, bitch, back off my man, and I was like, you mean the guy that I came here with, that I'm staying with? What? And then she tried to fight me in the bathroom, and I was like, 
what planet am I living on right now? And I didn't want to make a huge scene because well, yeah, I was like, like, I don't do this. Exactly. That was like, that was my response. It was like, I don't do this. So I like went back to where we were at like the nightclub and was like trying to get my stuff. And the guy's friend was like, where are you going? And I was like, I need my stuff now. And then I ended up getting my stuff and like storming out. And the dude like chased me back and was like, no, leave. And I was like, um, this is unacceptable. This is a situation. I was like, this is absolutely unacceptable. Like, I don't care if I'm like the cool person or not. Like, you will not treat me this way. Good for you. Because Brandy. that is just absolutely unacceptable. And I feel like that is how someone, even like someone who's quote unquote a cool girl, reacts in a situation like that. Yeah, like they if, aren't gonna like lower themselves to like fight someone. Exactly. Or get upset. Like, I'm not gonna fight over you. But I'm also not going to let these, like, who are these people come in and just be like, oh, you're with my man? Like, I'm like, no. No. No, no. And this is your man. Like, you should be worried about the fact that he's here with someone else and take that up with him. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, I'm not going to fight with you and I'm not going to fight for him, over him, or with him about this. I'm out of here. And so, especially if a dead fish ended up in my hotel room, I'd be like, extra out of here <laughs> i'd be the outest of here yes Ugh. yeah i, I don't know. know i i really didn't care about their relationship so that was you know i think i'm trying to remember when i like put it down and then picked it back up and i think at the beginning i was like this is really like fun and fancy free and reading about all these like petty rich people problems yeah. like i'm down with this and then at a certain point, I was just like, wow, is there a single female in this book who is not a jerk and whose, like, sole mission is not just to, like, you know, basically get Nick or, like, protect Nick or, you know, be obsessed with Nick? Yeah. Like, it was just so lame. And then, like, a lot of the male characters are, like, not all of them. Obviously, some of them are terrible and are, like, you know, just greedy and about money and all of this stuff or... You know, they cheat on their girlfriends, etc. But a lot of them are, like, pretty cool guys that are just, like, swept up with all these, like, bitchy women around them. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Can I also just say, this is a book written about women by a man. By a man. Shocker. Yeah. I think we have a theme here. Yeah, I... Well, that's... So you said in the movie it was a little bit less one-dimensional. Like, what personality would you say Rachel has in the movie? (sighs) In the movie, I think that she just is a little bit less of a doormat. Mm-hmm. Like, her friend, um, what's her name, Peeklin, mm-hmm. she has, she's kind of like, you know, she's got the, the friend motif going on where she's yeah. like, don't let him do this to you. Mm-hmm. And then she also has, like, her sassy gay friend there. I mean, there's just a lot of, like, recurring stereotypes in this movie. However, they kind of bolstered her up a little bit to the point where she was like yeah I'm not putting up with this and then she had her like hot makeover montage and it's a great montage it's my favorite part of any movie always hot makeover montage it's like she's all that exactly just take off the glasses and you're glam oh my god Brandy you're so glam now I just took off my glasses yeah you couldn't see it and now she can't see either um but but yeah, I mean, she had more personality, and also I think that the women had a little bit more backstory. Like you could tell that they were a little bit more concerned, and not just like, oh my gosh. Like, I think that the the mom was like genuinely concerned that there's a woman who's like trying to be a gold digger, trying to like get her son. Because I feel like if you actually had that much money, you would probably that would be a legitimate concern of yours. Is that Anna Nicole Smith is going to come in and be like? Here's my boobs, and I have all your money. Well, but, so, and spoiler alert, that was... She didn't deserve it. 
Anna Nicole deserved oh. all the money. Yes, 100%. She worked for it. Yeah. Did you see her husband? She worked for it. Um, well, I was going to say spoiler alert with regard to the book. So it definitely seemed like at the beginning where the mom's just like, this person's a gold digger. But then it was pretty clear she wasn't a gold digger. Yeah. And turns out her real aversion to this whole situation was like, your grandmother will disinherit you because you are marrying someone unworthy of being with you. It really wasn't even about like this woman taking his money. Yeah. It was like, you won't get any of this money if you marry this person. And then she has this whole diatribe about, I've sacrificed so much much for you so that you could be the favorite and it was like i'm sorry what did you sacrifice you sacrificed living at oh god what was the name of the place again tyrosol park yeah um and you like sacrificed basically like trying to make the mother-in-law like you so that your son could be the favorite i'm like you didn't sacrifice shit you were still crazy and rich and, like, living your crazy rich life just at a slightly less glam house. Yeah. So, I don't know. The whole thing, I was just like, you're all stupid, and I don't <laughs> care about any of you. I'm trying to think if there's an exception, like, if there's any character that I was rooting for. But I feel like they just, they really were also one-dimensional. Um, You know who I was rooting for? Who? Was the cousin's, like, bimbo sitcom girlfriend. Kitty? Is that her name? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was all about it. I was like, Kitty, get that money. Yeah. And then when that And they're trying to deter her, and she's like, "Uh uh-uh, not today. Exactly. And then she goes for, like, the even richer cousin. She, like, dumps her fiancé so she can, like, go after the richer cousin. And And that was their way of, like, getting rid of her, was being like, hey, you know, this guy has even more money. And she was like, intrigue, let's dance. Exactly. Except dance meant she was, like... I think fingering his butthole. Yeah. Do you well, remember that's that? That's one way to happened? dance. There was like some, <laughs> there was some like uh, scene in the movie where they were at some wedding or something and they heard some banging around and they opened the door and then like they both came tumbling out and his pants were down and her fingers were like just popping out. And I was like, wow, that's embarrassing. It's a kind of embarrassing, but you know, that's how she staked her claim. Yeah, but people seem to really like, like the family thought that she was too normal or too like, I don't know, peasant-ish. Yeah. But then the Sultana seemed to think that she was great because she was on some sitcom. She like, yeah, she's, she's like, like here, oh take all my jewels. Yeah, you want to touch my jewels? Like, it's fine. And not family jewels. She touched those later. Yeah, literal jewels. Literal jewels she touched later. Um, I will say it still was, like, a fun book for most of it. I just... And it was a light read. We didn't think we were reading freaking Shakespeare here. It just... It could have been a lot more than it was. And I felt like our first introduction to the book was the movie trailer, which looked so phenomenal. Yeah. So maybe I should have watched the movie. And I I think I still will. You should still watch it. Um, And hopefully I'll like it more than the book because... Yeah, I think we had talked about, too, the fact that there's two other books after this. And I'm not going to read them, but I might just Google Wikipedia page the summary to find out what happens because not everything is resolved at the end of this book. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is... The movie was, like, excellent for what it was. It fulfilled all of my rom-com, like, needs. Mm -hmm. That being said, I don't think that the book fulfilled all of my rom-com needs. No, it didn't. It was just... Like, even if it's corny and even if it's cheesy and stupid, I have to be like, oh, my God, this appeals to my inner 10-year-old. And my inner 10-year-old was like, you guys are really shallow. Yeah. And my inner 10-year-old wears, 
like pink sparkly Uggs, just for the record. Your outer 30-year-old does that too. <laughs> no, they're purple. I've grown up. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what this book kind of reminded me of a little bit? Is the Fifty Shades of Grey, which I ah, and partly because I felt you said like the book or the movie. The well, I didn't watch the movie really. I just watched a little bit of it, and the book I didn't finish. But of what I did see and read of the first book of Fifty Shades of Grey, it's like this one girl who has the personality of a freaking rock. Yeah, who like walks in and she's like, "Hi, I'm really boring looking," and. Personality-wise, have no, everything on me. Exactly. And then he projects like, oh, you're this innocent person and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to basically be the shittiest person ever, but I'm hot and rich. And then she's like, I love you. And I was like, what? That's None not how of this works. is good. This isn't even like good sexy talk. No. Although I will say Nick was not as much of a dick as like a Christian Grey. Nick like, was not a dick at all. No, he was he like a good nice- boyfriend, but Dumb. Yeah, like, he was a good boyfriend, and he was nice, and so when Rachel does finally come clean about all the BS the people have been putting her through since she came abroad, he's horrified and immediately is like, I will disown my whole family for you. Like, whatever it takes, I'm over yeah. this shit. Um, but I've just found it really annoying, like, when they're going over, so his cousin Astrid's like, You've got to explain to her, like, who you are and where you've come from because she's not going to be prepared for this. Yeah. Like, she thinks this is, like, some middle-class guy who not only has she been dating, like, you've been sharing an apartment, sharing a life together. Yeah, how do you not know? Like, how does this never come up? And, like, he has money, so how are you guys, like, struggling financially when he has this secret riches and then all of a sudden he's like, first-class flight, that's your first introduction to the fact that I have wealth. Yeah. And and I'm like, yeah, the fact that you didn't tell her that and then that you just kind of, like, drop her on your whole family and you're like, this is going to be fine. It was just, like, a fundamental misunderstanding. Like, he knows what his family is like. He knows what life is like there and how it differs from the life they came from. And he doesn't prepare her for any of it. He doesn't, like, check in to make sure everything's okay. He's just like, my friends all like you, though. So, like, obviously things are going great. And she's like, not really. They're all being terrible to me. And he's like... But you haven't met some of my friends yet. And I'm like, this is not a real excuse, bro. No, dudes are the worst. Also, you just reminded me of the fact that they'd been together for a while. And her family, her parents live, or her mom lives on the West Coast. Cooper they live in Yeah. And they live in New York. And he said that they'd been back to see her family multiple times. So did they fly coach? Yeah. I mean, they must have because she was like, yeah, she was blown away that they were flying first class. She's like, wow, he really splurged for this trip. But like, holy crap, we're not going to be able to afford rent when we get back. I know. But like, I mean, if the dude that I'm dating can afford to fly first class and doesn't fly me first class across the United States. That's the real reason to break up with someone. You're like, why have I ever flown coach? No, and I'll fly coach because I'm a poor person who flies coach like normal fucking people. Mm -hmm. But given the option to fly across the country in first class and I'm flying coach, unacceptable. It's super unacceptable. And so we talked about this a little too as we were, you know, spoiler alert. We talked about the book a little without you guys, but we're getting into the meat of it now. So there was this part of the book where basically... Nick, again, spoiler alert. So I think you can stop saying spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm about to give a spoiler alert. So be alerted to the spoilers that are coming. Spoiler alert. Anyway, 
So Nick is like, oh my God, it turns out like everyone was so afraid that she would only want me for my money. And it was so ironic because in the end, she broke up with me because I had so much money. Like, really? That's Which not a reason. Which brings up a great point. It does. Would you ever break up with your <laughs> super hottest fuck boyfriend because Who you he were was, in love with? Yeah. Too rich. Nope. That's a hard no for me also. Hard nope. It's a hard, oh, oh, your mom's mean. Oh, your friend put a fish in my fucking room. I don't care. Now that I know that you're my hot as fuck, super nice boyfriend who I'm in love with, who is loaded. Yeah. Great. Let's make this happen. Well, it's also like, so when you date someone, everyone always shows their best side. Yeah. So they didn't even show this side of themselves. So then you're like, oh shit, like we're never going to have to worry for money again. That's great. But like, yeah, you come with some baggage in the form of this horrible family that, you know, I can never have fish in this lifestyle or whatever. But like you can move past that because everything else is great and you can afford to buy a new family. Yeah. And her whole thing was like, oh, like I really want a family that's like my family where all of my aunts and uncles, like we all get along and we're happy and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, you That's just have- something poor people say. <laughs> so true. But also, like, she, part of her part of her story arc is that she grew up in a single parent home, yeah. and her father was not present in their life. Yep. So you can still have all of that thing with only technically one half of your family. So if his family is just like, see you later. I mean, whatever. Still have a nice life with well, your family. And it'd be one thing, like. He has said, like, I don't want to be around this either. So I could understand the worry of, oh, you're going to make us move over here. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to live with these people all the time. And I don't want to deal with that. That makes sense to me. But he's like, no, I'm down to move back to New York and fuck all of this. So Mm -hmm. why are you making such a big deal out of this? He's ready to disinherit them. And honestly, everyone hates their in-laws. It's something you just get past. Yeah, I mean, it's hard enough to like your own parents, let alone like someone someone else's else's parents, who, no matter how nice and wonderful they are, generally tend to view you as, like, slight competition at best. Mm -hmm. Like, your competition for the affection of their offspring and or your offspring's time or whatever. And so you can like this person and be like, oh, wow, they're, like, a really good match for my son and or daughter and still be like a little bit petty and shitty to be around because you're not going to want the same things. You're not like, I mean, family is just hard in general. And so I feel like if your biggest problem is your family is like too wealthy and they're like, you're not good enough. I guess I'm just like, yeah, maybe I'm not good enough, but like cha-ching motherfucker. <laughs> a cha-ching motherfucker. Hashtag cha-ching motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like if you have to be on one side of this equation, you'd rather marry up then marry down. Like, marry someone that you are like, hey, with or without a prenup, I'm cool. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it. And that way, if they're, like, really nervous and they want to protect their money, fine. Like, if you're not with the person for that reason, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, exactly. But, like, if you have a ton of money, then you're, like, you always have to wonder, does someone want to be with you because of your wealth or because of who you are as a person? And, like, Rachel passed that test, so, like, you're fine, guys. Just go be happy. Uh, so annoying. So annoying. Can we also talk about the fact that, like, when this whole thing blew up and she was like, everybody sucks and everyone's mean to me. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, let's go to this private resort and 
I'll secretly propose to you there. And then by the time they show up there, his mom and his grandma are there. And they're like, FYI, your girlfriend's not good enough for you. And she's standing right there and she's like, dude. I know. What the actual fuck? And like then she faints and wakes up and their immediate response is, what a weak constitution she has. No. I was like, it seems a little excessive. Like, how does anyone ever forgive their parents for this? Like, I know. we all have embarrassing parents, but n- that's pretty bad. I mean, also the fact that they like totally blew the proposal on top of it. I know. They then were, like, the proposal was him being like, you ruined my proposal. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, man, that's not sexy. Yeah. So if you've ever been proposed to in a shitty way, I bet it wasn't that shitty. Oh, Please tell us your shitty proposal stories. Oh my god, please do. Those are the best. Do you want to hear a fun one from a friend of mine? I was just going to say, do you know any shitty proposal stories? I know stories? some great shitty proposal stories. Let's I'm going to tell you a really fun one. So a person that I'm not going to tell you how I know them um, was getting engaged. And it was at a nightclub on Ugh. the person's like aunt's birthday. And everyone in the was like at this nightclub. And it was super loud. And then she turns around and he's like, on one knee and she's like what and he's like trying to propose but the dance music's so loud she can't hear him and so she's like what and then he gets up and like yells in her ear like will you marry me and she was oh, like no really like right now at my aunt's birthday oh my where God. everyone's here for her birthday and he's like yeah i love you and she was like uh okay and then they all started singing happy birthday to her aunt and brought a cake out so I would have just been like, "Hi, huh, I can't hear you. We'll have to talk about this late, later, later. And then be I mean, like, yeah, I love this song. Like, just like, I'm not acknowledging this. I mean, if someone was going to propose to me like that, I feel like you don't know me well enough for me to marry you. Yeah. I was also going to say like a couple of weeks ago, it was pretty big in the news. Like this dude that proposed to his girlfriend at like the marathon And by the marathon, I mean, I don't know which one it was, but it was a marathon. So it was the marathon. Um, And everyone was like, that's so sweet. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? If I was running. Was she running in the marathon? She was running and he was just on the side with his sign. So he fucked up her marathon? Fucked up her marathon. And I'm like, so the marathon like runners, this is a big moment for them. It's like overcoming this massive obstacle and it's a huge achievement. And I'm like, how did you co-opt this and take this moment away from her? People, you've got to schedule like a separate thing. Don't do this on someone's birthday or Valentine's Day or Christmas or any of that bullshit. Like you. You pick your own day to do this. Exactly. Or you do it on your birthday. Exactly. Like, make your day about someone else. Don't do it at someone's wedding, at someone's aunt's birthday party in a nightclub, or at a or the marathon. Yeah, but I really hope that if you're a man listening to this podcast, you call us so that you can propose to your girlfriend via this podcast. Oh my god, she would love it. I mean, she might not. You better hope she listens to it. On that note, Jessica... Matthew from Orange County would like to ask you to be his wife. Oh my god, I do, I do. I hope that I didn't just fuck that up for someone's actual relationship between Jessica and Matthew in Orange County. There's definitely a Jessica and Matthew in Orange County. And now Jessica's like, oh my god, Matthew. Did I just, I'm sorry, that was a really mean thing to do. Sorry, Matthew. You just ruined someone's life. But or anyway. maybe you just started it. Maybe they were this close, and they just needed that push from their podcast pal, Brandy. What if they're, like, listening to this podcast on the way to a romantic dinner, and Matthew's like, what the fuck? 
fuck. Yeah, you I was going to do it. Oh. <laughs> That's what we're here for. I want to ruin like, lives left and right. Yeah, we're just like this family, that the young family. We like to ruin everything for everyone. Oh, man. Yeah, so oh, the proposal... I know, but I mean, the proposal thing in general, like, just as an aside, that shit, like, spend some time and effort thinking about doing it and do it right because grand gestures mean a lot to women. It's also have this conversation with your partner before you propose. Not like you have to say, Hey, how do you want it done? But make sure that they want to be proposed to make sure that you know, if this is someone that wants a public or private proposal, like don't pull this shit out of baseball game where you put it up on the billboard and someone's like wow i really don't want this kind of attention right now and also i hate baseball and i'm just here for you exactly oh don't be that person and if someone proposes to you in a stupid way like that please have the balls to just flick the ring in their face oh my god i hope that someone shitty proposes to you so that you can flick the ring in their face Uh, to be honest i'd just go pawn it that's true you got to take it and be like thanks oh my god thank you so much don't ever call me again avocado exactly um yeah i mean i feel like it's not that hard to avoid getting proposed to it's not i've been avoiding it my whole life somehow i don't know how i feel like i mean you know the horror story of when i thought i was gonna get proposed to and i was in the middle of nowhere and i was like i wasn't gonna bring it up i almost did and then i saw a look in your eye and i was like i'm not gonna go there but do you want to tell this story because it's pretty horrendous i will like very lightly skirt around this story but essentially I, like, glanced. I was given my ex's phone because he was like, can you look at this thing for me? And I looked at it and, like, tried to... He wanted me to text his friend. And the last text that was in there, like, literally the last text that was in there was, like, from him saying, I'm sure she'll say yes. Don't worry about it. And I was, like... Amateur hour. I was, like, oh, my God. And so I just scrolled up a little bit and I saw, like picture of the ring and him saying like he was going to propose and I was like oh my god oh my god I do not want to marry this person and so I spent the entire rest of that trip feigning diarrhea (laughs) which is the best way to get out of a proposal anytime something would get really romantic I'd be like man I gotta poop (laughs) (laughs) and did it work it did I didn't get proposed to oh my god I feel like you just shared the ultimate life lesson. Yeah. Just like, if things are ever getting too hot and heavy or romantic for you, feign <laughs> diarrhea and your relationship might be over, but at least you're not going to like, you know, ruin your life. It did. And I will say that when I got engaged, it was like really wonderful and beautiful. And because it had all been discussed and there was no doubt that I would say yes ahead of time and it was in a private space and like the only issue was that it was late at night and I didn't have my glasses on so I wasn't really Uh. sure what was happening (laughs) so you didn't have time to be like hang on I have diarrhea exactly because you're like what's that also we were camping and so I feel like it would have been really far to go to feign diarrhea and I would have had to be like a lot of effort it was at night and I didn't want to like go out in the woods you know you're like I guess I'll just get married it seems easier it's less scary than like trying to protect myself from the boogeyman at night in the woods it's definitely true you made the right decision I did I think so I can't wait to get married (laughs) if only the you if you were Rachel, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about things that aren't real problems. I know. She's like, but you have too much money. Way too uh, much money. I, that would be like the fucking best news ever. If you're like, I love you and you're so fucking hot. And he's like, come see my family. 
also, I'm a gazillionaire. I'd be like, cha-ching. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, best be case like, scenario. Exactly. No one ever surprises me with that. They surprise me with like, um, I have an illegitimate child from a previous relationship. And I'm like, oh. Oh, well. Well, nice. and it, I mean, it all worked out the way Rachel wanted in the end, basically, because Nick, like, they end up together, and Nick's just like, we don't need to be a part of this family. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it all kind of turns out okay in the end. They all go get Singapore slings, and... Yeah. Well, I feel like we overlooked one of the most, like, what's the word? Plot twist? Yes. Plot twist! Ha <laughs> ha! Book club with the twist. How on theme. Um, <laughs> we overlooked the fact that Rachel, so Nick's terrible family, like, investigates her. Oh. And finds oh. out, like, oh, my God, you said your dad was dead? Your dad is actually a horrible man that's in jail right now. And she's like, what the F? I thought my dad was dead. And then it, she, like, won't talk to her mom about it. She's just like, you ruined my life. You lied to me. I'm going to go visit my dad. And her mom's like, this is terrible. I have to now fly over here to stop you from visiting your dad. Because actually there was like plot twist, not actually your dad because your dad was an abusive asshole and like not really your dad because your mom cheated on him with a nice guy. And then I can't even get into it. Like it's a really convoluted story. It's a really convoluted plot twist that only takes like 10 pages to tell. Yeah. But I was like, well, I'm glad we just kind of dropped that in at the end as if this book wasn't dramatic enough. It also seemed like a really unnecessary part yeah, like of the book. Yeah, like it didn't really have anything to do with anything. Like you could have taken that whole part out and I feel like it would have been the same book, like with the exception of maybe Rachel's like, I have this identity crisis because I thought I had a good relationship with my mom and whatever. And I thought my dad was dead and now he's not. Now I don't know who I am. But I feel like if that happened to me, I'd still be like, my mom must have had a really good reason for not telling me this. I wouldn't have just been like, I'm not going to answer my phone for a week and not let you explain this to me. Yeah. I'm just going to roll the dice. Especially since she supposedly had a really good relationship with her mom before. I feel like that's prime time to call your mom and be like, you're a bitch. Tell me what happened. Well, she did. And then her mom's like, let me tell you what happened. She's like, oh my God, you lied a little bit again. You're too much of a bitch. I can't trust you. Bye. And her mom's like, oh shit. Now I got to fly over there. Probably in coach. Just kidding. Cause Nick came to get her. So probably in first class. I think they flew back on a private jet. Uh, did they? I think so. That makes sense. Like I said, I did the audiobook, So I might've missed certain parts. Cause at a certain point I was just like, more money, more drama. More money, more problems. It all comes full circle. Oh, wow. Should we sing that one? I don't actually know how that one goes. Me either. I just know more money, more problems. And yeah. it's true, turns out. I don't think so. Well, I don't really have anything to compare it to except Crazy Rich Asians. I think more And it seems money, like they had problems. Less problems. That seems logical. I feel like the only people who think mo money, mo problems are people with mo money. Well, I think when you have mo money, you have a target on your back. Like, even think of this. Like, when Rachel just had this shitty boyfriend in New York who was, like, academia and not making any money, no one cared. But then as soon as she gets over there and she had something, like, everyone wanted, suddenly people are killing fish in her room and shit. So, like, mo problems. I know, but I feel like weigh your problems, right? Like, one of your problems is, like, I can't afford rent. And then the other part of your problem is, like, people are mean to me. 
And I feel like I'd rather be like, oh, these people I don't know are shitty to me. I'll still take them no money. Yeah, I'll get over it somehow, I think. Exactly. Like, I'll pay somebody to run interference. That seems fair. Well, what else? Do Anything else in this book jump out to you? I feel like it was pretty superficial, and I mean that in the best way. I was hoping it would be superficial. No, but but what I was... I mean, yeah, it was superficial. It was basically all the things I expected. The one thing that kind of stood out to me was that I feel like there's so many books that have, like, entirely Asian casts or, like, protagonists. Yeah. And they're fantastic. Like, there's so many really good books like that. Why why do you think there's not more movies like that? I think it's because Hollywood has decided that is not profitable, and I think they are only just now getting the memo that that's not the case. Because, like, all the big movie stars that they think drive in so much money are all, well, not all, but primarily white. Mm -hmm. And even, like, movie stars in Hollywood that are white, like, the men make so much more money than the women do because they falsely assume that these actors bring in more money. So I think it's just, like, I think if there were bigger names, then they would be like, oh, this rakes in cash. But, like, turns out you're never going to have these big names that are Asian if you don't have any movies with Asian actors, like you can probably name on one hand, all of the Asian actors that, you know, like their names of that's true. And that's pathetic because like it's 2018 people. I know there's tons and tons of talented people. Well, that's why it's so cool that they made this movie entirely with an Asian cast because it's even like, I mean, think of other movies where it's like they had a chance for this, where they, you know, either adapted a book or just like a piece of work that was popular where it was intended to have non-white main characters and then they just whitewashed the whole thing to I make know. it something that people enjoy. Exactly. I mean, can you imagine if they'd cast Scarlett Johansson as Rachel Chu? Oh, God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but like even that only just within the last year, I would say, has that become something that is taboo. Yeah, that's true. Like... As even like the Hunger Games, which is huge, and I love Jennifer Lawrence, don't get me wrong, but Katniss was not written as a white woman, and like the they dyed her hair black, and that was like the big contribution. Yeah, that's totally fair. It's bullshit. I know, but so the, yeah, that was cool about this Are they book. But remaking Harry Potter with a more diverse cast, I heard they were Are casting. They? Yeah, I heard they were casting an African American girl as um, Hermione. They're remaking the movies? Or, like, doing additional movies or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. How do you know more about my Harry Potter life than I, don't know. I do? I don't know. It, like, popped up on my BuzzFeed at some point. Well, that's cool. They should. I mean, they should. I feel like when you look at, like, any sort of big blockbuster movies like that, the, it is almost never that the protagonist is a person of color or a female. Yep. Especially not both. Like, when does that ever happen for a big blockbuster movie? Yeah, I can't think. Well, and that's why I'm like, with The Hunger Games, that was an opportunity. And I think... Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. And it was something where it was kind of ambiguous. Like, they left it open. But they did talk about, like, 
she had like dark hair and dark skin and gray eyes. Like this could have been played by anyone. Yeah, that's true. And they went with Jennifer Lawrence. Well, and also I feel like you know this isn't something where they're taking a risk on like some random story that's not like The Hunger Games was a really popular book. Yeah, that was gonna be six, but I they don't want to risk it for a big blockbuster. I know, but I just, look, Crazy Rich Asians made a ton of money. Well, that's the thing though is I think like they look at it as a risk, but it's not a risk. Like the United States in the very near future is not it's going to have like 50% quote unquote minorities. Like well, it's not, it there's something. not just all white people anymore. It Thank is something God. too, where like the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, movies like this where this is one of the first, you know, movies that's come out with an all Asian cast. So definitely that's something that I would think is going to do very well because well, it's the first chance people have to go and see a movie like this. But yeah. hopefully when these things become more and more mainstream, you know, that won't be necessary where you can just say like any movie is just going to be like cast in a way that makes sense. Yeah. And people don't have to feel like this is my one chance at representation on screen yeah. because something tells me that no one really felt that represented on screen by this movie. Cause the people are so filthy rich. Yeah. However it is written. And I would assume the movie also is told from the perspective of like, look at these crazy rich people. Like it is a little Mm -hmm. bit of a satire where it's like, these problems are not real problems. My issue was the characters you're supposed to relate to, which is like Rachel and maybe even Nick a little bit. We're not relatable either. Yeah. But she was hella rich too. She was hella rich too, but just like rich isn't like mean girls rich. Yeah. She was rich in a way that like us Westerners understand. Toaster strudel. Exactly. (laughs) She was Gretchen wieners. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't, I mean, this isn't the first movie that was, like, with an all-Asian cast, but it's the first movie that's not about, like, ancient China. Mm-hmm. Or not, I mean, specifically, but I'm saying, like, it's not, like, a historical movie. It's not, like, based in, like, a Chinese stereotype so yeah. much. It's, like, it's about Singapore, and it's about modern Singapore, but it's also about, you know, Asian people from the United States yeah. living their lives. And how these things kind of juxtapose because they're not similar at all. Also, I felt like it was really nice to have, like, a sexy Asian guy as, like, a, um, you know, male lead. Yeah, I feel like you don't see Asian men portrayed as, like, sexy, even though a lot of Asian guys are very sexy. Yeah, they are. And so I'm glad that they had a chance to showcase a hot Asian dude. Exactly. I mean, the lack of chest hair is primo. Yeah, I wish I had no chest hair. I also wish I had no Goals. chest hair. Ugh. All this lasering is really getting to me. <laughs> All this not lasering but thinking I should is also getting to me. It was just, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, which is the moral of this book. It is. Um. So anyway, I feel like we kind of hit all the things. Yeah, I think we, we hit everything we could hit, and... If you're listening to us, hopefully you've read it. We'd love to hear what everyone thinks about it. Yeah. And also, um, we are on iTunes now, and we're still running a promo. So you should give us a review on iTunes. I hope that you leave us lots of stars because we're trying our most hardest for you, and we want to not fail. Yay. And speaking of reviews, how would you review this book? Scale of 1 to 10. I would give this book... Well, you know I rate books based on like what they're potential is versus what they are and i'd give this book like a seven. Oh, <laughs> wow i assume you disagree well i actually thought the potential if i was even rating on your 
scale, I would have thought the potential was pretty high. And also, like, what I was hoping for. I'm not comparing this book to, like, Killers of the Flower Moon Mm -hmm. or something that, you know, it couldn't compete with. But I would give it a four. Really? Yeah. I just, I even for what it was, I wasn't that entertained. And... Again, I just thought the characters were kind of boring. Yeah. But I'll watch the movie, and I'm hoping my movie rating will be higher. And I bet you your rating's a little higher because you actually watched the movie. I think that's probably right. I think that the movie, like, really did it for me. And so the book was also, like, skewed by that. But um, we have some fun stuff, though, coming up. We do? Like, what? Well, books? Are we going to read them? We are going to read them. We have more books that we're going to read well, happening in the near future. Hey, what book are we going to read next? Um, so it's another like saga drama, family drama, <gasps> um, but it's a classic. Ugh, we need, we're need. we due for another classic. It's been a while. So we are going to read Anna Karenina. <laughs> it's a lot of pages. It is a lot <laughs> of pages, but it's going to be winter break, and so I feel like even though winter break from work is not actually like a real legitimate winter break, I'll have some more time to read and just be cozy and let my leg hair grow out. And Russian literature, winter does seem like the right time for that. Yeah. And I've always wanted to read it, but it's always been a little intimidating. So I'm kind of excited. I feel um, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I am excited. Um, but we got a, we got a um, suggestion from a reader for our book after that. Should we tell people what that book is going to be yet or should we keep the secret? I think we should keep the secret <gasps> for now. But I think okay. that kind of lends to the idea that you guys should recommend books to us because we really do read your comments. We do read your emails and we've been getting some good suggestions coming in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Anna Karenina is going to be our last book of the year. But next year we would love to, you know, have our first couple books be reader suggestions. Mm-hmm. So we do have one reader suggestion that we are, we've already selected as our book after Anna Karenina. Stay tuned because it's going to be exciting. I'm excited. So anyway. Oh God, so exciting. And if you have cocktail suggestions yeah. too. Ooh, for Anna Karenina, I already decided what our first cocktail is going to be. So What's if you want to get be? the ingredients, white Russians. I knew you were going to say that. And I'm not opposed. <laughs> <laughs> Any cocktail with milk. I know you love it. Also, anything that's literal. And this book is about some white Russians from it what is. I can tell. It is. So I'm super excited. Um, yeah. Next week, Anna Karenina. Let's we're, do it. Let's get lit. Let's get literature. It lit. Okay. (laughs) Bye.